This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to become bullyproof so we can live our best kick in life. As we know, life ain't all sunshine and rainbows, and bullying is a real problem that negatively affects millions of kids, parents, teens, adults every single day. But there's a solution, and the good news is you found it. The Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life podcast. So get ready to be empowered with hope and self-confidence to believe in yourself to become bullyproof and live your best kickin' life. everyone master grogan here hope you're having a fantastic day well we're back at it again can you believe it another live stream and another amazing guest coming at you and those listening for the first time or if you've listened a hundred times now i just want to once again say thank you so very very much for taking time out of your busy day i know time is the most valuable thing that we have on this planet and the fact that you're taking time out of your busy day to be with us today i, I could not be more grateful and thankful and that's why i promise that everything i am and I'm going to continue learning, studying, doing as much research, growing, and on a spotlight show, having the best guest. Why? Well, like I said, time's the most valuable commodity on the planet. And the fact that you're spending it with us, I promise I'm going to do my homework and do the best I can. So for our new listeners, uh, what is Bullyproof and Kicking Life? What is all that stuff? Well, Bullyproof kind of broken down. It's having the confidence, hope, self-confidence, belief in yourself to get back up each and every time life pops you in the chops, knocks you down to overcome your fears, battle through your challenges, to stand up to any bully you face. It doesn't matter if it's a real bully or the meanest bully we'll ever face is the one right here in our mind or the one we see in the mirror, the one that focuses on somebody in third grade told us we couldn't read or we're dumb or we're stupid or whatever. Well, we let those seeds get in there. You got to get those babies out. And that's what's the beauty about the show and everything we try and do is to help dig out the ugly and then plant the seeds. And then that moves on to the next phase, which is the kick in life. And kick in life is believing in your God-given talents. You've got a talent that nobody else in this world possesses, but you got to believe in yourself first to take on that, to believe in that, to get out there, to stand out from the crowd, and like I say, fight another round, because the world's going to knock you down. As Rocky says, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows, baby. No, 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 it's not. But what we're going to do is we're going to pump you up, so when it beats you down, you can get right back up and live that best kick in life. All right, so just a reminder, those that are watching live stream now, we're live streaming to like eight or nine different platforms now grateful for that and uh, melon's the app we use so it, it, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what they've done here so a little shout out to the melon folks and those listening to the live stream i see bubba alaman was already kicked on and said have a great day thank you sir those that are watching the live stream man jump on there interact with us live with our guests which i'm introducing just a second here you can see him smiling on the screen there so our youtube channel is probably the best platform that uh, you can watch the videos over and over and over again uh, so go to our YouTube channel, Grogan's Bullyproof, subscribe, smack that bell so you're notified to be one of the first to know when a live stream is coming out or a new video has been released. And then, then this video or this live stream right here, this podcast, which by the way, is episode number 307, wow, of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life podcast, will actually air on Monday, the following Monday. So subscribe to our Grogan's Bullyproof podcast on all pod, uh, podcast apps and channels. And therefore, you can listen to it again. And I always encourage, whether you're reading a book, listen to a podcast, uh, watching a live stream, that you listen to it more than once because you're always going to pick up something that you missed the first time. And as Zig Ziglar says, 
The reason for that is because when you listen to something more than once, you're going to be at a different level of learning and understanding. So you're going to automatically, your mind is going to open up to something you may have missed the first time. All right, well, let's dive right into this thing. Who's our guest? Well, if, if you know him, and he shared uh, shared this on his pages as well, you see him smiling on the screen there. I'm going to give his bio, and and you've, if you've listened before, you know, these guests, they give me just as many goosebumps as, as hopefully they do for you because of what they have done in the past to build where they are now to create a legacy as they continue to move forward. So here we go. Studio owner, business owner, instructor, eighth degree black belt, 54 years of being a global martial artist. And what I mean by that is globally, is not just here in the States, but he's traveled globally. And we'll talk about that as we move forward. He began his training in 1968. Now, if you're looking at the screen, you're probably saying, what? Did he, did he start training in the womb there? Well, he looks good, and that's a tribute to the martial arts, right? But just like all of us, he's experienced his shares of ups and downs, and it seems like every single time he started to settle in, he was popped hit with a right hook of reality and with a setback, maybe a school closed that he was going to, or he had to part ways with an organization. I mean, those things happen. They happened to me, happened to him, happened to all of us. So that's the beautiful thing about this podcast and the show is the realism of, of, man, we're human beings too. Yeah. But here's the big but. His thirst for martial arts knowledge never left him. He never stopped training. And throughout his years, he was an avid reader. And you know how I'm about reading. Read, 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 read. And he read Black Belt Magazine, Inside Kung Fu, and he uh, routinely attended tournaments, both as a competitor and observer. At one of the tournaments, he became entranced with an individual who seemed to perform the martial arts exactly the way he had imagined martial arts should be. And that gentleman's name was uh, Sheehan Felix Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah. Said it right here. Yes. And then after that, he began traveling the, the world. And between 1992 and 2005, he traveled to Japan. Are you ready for this, folks? 17 times. 17 times. Holy smokes. And his stays were in from 12 to 30 days. He also traveled to England, Italy, and then in the States, Milwaukee, New York, and Maine, among many, many other places. And was always on a quest. Well, that quest, we talk about that a lot to learn as much as he could to fulfill the vision, and here's his vision, and it's going to align with our vision and those listeners all the time, vision of leaving or standing on his own two feet to leave a legacy like the masters before him. I mean, think about that. How humbling is that, right? His philosophy is a combination of old-school virtues with new technology to create lifelong quality individuals that are more, far, far more than just a belt or just a black belt, but contributing members of society they're going to make a lasting impact in the world. And that is how you create a legacy. Who am I talking about? Well, you see him on the screen here, Jihan Ali Abberger. How are you, sir? Good, good. How are you, sir? I'm it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for that intro. I'm listening, going, who's he talking about? Like, what guy? Who is that guy? <laughs> well, I, I know it's very, very difficult because I've been on many shows and I say, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. And yeah. We're, trying to be humble we never want to kind of boast but yet we want to get our accolades out there and yeah, before we get, uh, uh, master jason flame jumped on hey guys two great leaders right there thank you sir we love you i love jason as well we just actually had him on my podcast at, uh, recently awesome sauce well he was he was on uh, a few episodes ago so folks always remind you after you're done listening to this one go back and listen to previous ones yeah. so you can hear all the amazing uh, uh successes and stories and Everybody has a similar story, but also their own story. Well, Xi'an, uh, I did my very best of, of listing your amazing list of accolades, and we could probably just talk about those the whole show. But if I've missed any key uh, points, please fill in the gaps. And then most importantly, please give a shout out to family, friends, and loved ones that, yeah. that you can, uh, because everybody loves hearing their name on the air. 
Yeah, I know. That's true. I mean, honestly, it's so hard to say. I've been doing this for so long. I'm 57 years old. Um, been training, like you said, since 1968. I was three-ish. My my dad, the history of why I got involved in the martial arts was my dad was a cop in Nassau County, Long Island, New York. Um, my mom was this very, my mom was the disciplinarian. Like if if I was afraid of anyone, it was my four foot one mother who I just talked to this morning, who's 85. My, my Sadly, my dad had passed away about eight or nine years ago, um, but he was the easygoing guy. Like he was so so controlled and happy go lucky like he would actually literally as a cop have people he'd hand them handcuffs and say Hand, handcuff yourself and they would do it cuz my got my dad had just a, a way about him um that made people like him and so on but uh yeah they got me involved he was in around the 70s uh you know 68 to 70 74 it was like not an era where it's like now where people were not friendly with police officers. You know, they had many names for them. And and I went through a lot of um, bullying, I, I would, you know, call it, where, you know, because my dad was a cop, they would always pick on me and say things about my dad. So he put me in the martial arts. At that time, it was pretty much unheard of to um, train at that age. I was three and a half years old. So the, the school I first initially went to was called Jerome Mackey. It was the first of the martial art chained, like, you know, franchise martial arts schools. And uh, my dad had to encourage him with his badge slightly say like, Hey, I'm a cop. If you take care of my kid, I'll take care of you kind of thing. Um, and they got me in the school and I trained, but they didn't teach, uh, teach me like I was three. They taught me like I was, you know, 10, throw me on the ground and didn't, I cried. They picked me up and threw me more. It was old, old school mindset. Like you want them to be tough. We're going to toughen them up for you. And my mom was all for it. Like, you know, so that's the life that I was brought up in. Oh, that is fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, uh, and as you mentioned, things seem to circle around, uh, uh, right. good or bad. So mm-hmm. why were uh, police officers and you know, cops and everybody disrespected back then. Yeah. Well, you can only imagine. Well, I, I'm a firm believer because we have to ask all the time. Why do I feel feel there's so much disrespect in the world? Right. Right. Lack of respect. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I think it all boils down to lack of self-respect because when a person yeah. doesn't respect themselves, it's nearly impossible to respect anything or anyone else. So it right. all starts kind of inside the, the the core, and a lot of that has to do with with families and upbringings and uh, what we're planting, as I like to say, in our yeah. mental garden. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, the disrespect for police officers is, is behind us again, and we're moving forward to understand that these folks put their lives on the line. Are there some bad ones? Absolutely. But you name any profession that you don't have a handful of knuckleheads that mess it up for everybody. Absolutely. But I, police officers go out there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so officers, I know we have a lot of officers and martial artists and first responders that yeah. listen and get feedback and comments. God bless you. I will continue to praise you, continue to do it. I just ask you, keep doing what you do. Don't right. get down. But then also weed out the bad ones because for whatever reason, that negativity gets all the attention and we don't need it. Yeah. Need and, you know, one thing I will just on that note, I, I'd like to point out, like, you know, if you're, you know, if, if as martial artists, we teach children and you have children that listen and then those that are just blatantly disrespectful, 
those blatantly disrespectful people are treated in a different way. So like, I'm furious when I see these videos that they're literally like, uh, you know, agitator videos, a guy gets pulled over, he was speeding, he missed the stop sign. Now he refuses to give him his information and they're hassling the police. I couldn't imagine like my dad back in the day, guarantee you would have had, you know, step out of the car and it would have been, let's go behind the building and a little bit of Billy club work with a phone book. And, you know, like that old school, like, Hey, you're not going to listen to the authorities. You're in trouble. And, um, you know, honestly, I think that's what's missing from the world today is fear, not, and not fear. Like we have to walk around afraid, but fear of, you know, actions taken and responses given. Right. Like, so in other words, like when I grew up as a kid, if you said something bad to some guy in the school, um, you had the fear of getting punched in the face. Right. You had the fear of, you know, if you were going to speak up and step up, you were probably most probably going to be called out and gotten into a fight or right then and there or later on. I'll meet you at, uh, at the, you know, in my school was at the bridge. I'll meet you at the bridge at two o'clock. And you know how many times I was at that bridge? I mean, I'm, I was in trouble all the time. Cops would come and break up the fights that I had. And, you know, I stood up for how I felt and, and we would fight it out and quite often be friends afterwards. You know, even if someone got a black eye or a bloody nose or, you know, a, a, a you know, a punch in the face, um, we ended up having mutual respect. And nowadays no one has a fear for any repercussions on anything talking to a cop, you know, politicians speaking outward, like whatever, it doesn't matter. I think that that consequential respect is gone, right? I couldn't agree more. Uh, my gosh, and I wrote down what you said, actions taken and the response given. I've never heard it put that way. That's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. it boils down to, and you, you touched on it there, consequences for action. That leads to respect. Uh, mm -hmm. And something I, I, I say quite often, I say, you know, I, I realize, I, I believe, there's so many mm, a-holes in the world or disrespectful right. people yeah. simply because there's not enough consequence for action. Because if you're right. a jerk and somebody pops you in the mouth, now I'm not suggesting you just go around punching people in the mouth. Right. But I am saying if you fear that, my gosh, the last time I was a jerk, I got a black eye or a bloody nose. Exactly. I'm going to twice before I do that again. And that's a consequence for action. But unfortunately, yeah. kids are being raised in an age where they're, they're not responsible for anything. They're not accountable for their actions. And right. To me and the listeners all the time, you know, the brand Brogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. Yeah. I believe that we, we do not hold people accountable at, a, at kids at a young age. We oh, are absolutely. bullying them because yeah. as they get older, they never learn to be respectful. Yeah. And if you can't handle small problems, you sure as heck aren't going to be able to handle big problems. And that's what, well, what drives me to do it. What I keep doing. Yeah. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to 34. Right. Why? The biggest reason is, well, bullying, but I say it's more self-bullying because there was never accountability. You never learned how to problem solve at a young age. So when you got older, you just think you're accountable. And then you realize yeah. you get bang, hit with that right hook reality. Life just isn't that way. Yeah. I um, Speaking of that, I think it's interesting because I think, and, and it is so sad when you see the statistics on bullying and teen suicide and even suicide in general now like I, I was watching a quick show this morning and they have a medicine I, I forget what it was but the medicine side effects is possible suicide I'm like do you I almost want to do a satire video of that commercial and say so who wants to choose that medicine if the possible side effect is you'll kill yourself like so I I don't understand the concept of that medicine or the the philosophy behind it and the same thing goes for you know children when they feel they have no outlet they feel like they can't 
uh, there's no choice for them after they feel like they've exhausted all the efforts. And most of the time, I believe that they're, they're, they're nowhere's near where they feel they are. You know what I mean? Like they feel like, hey, the world is on me and I can't breathe. When if they had someone to help them along, they'd feel like they'd had so much more space ahead, right? If that, if that makes sense. Um, but I think that that's where it is, where people feel like there's nothing left for me to do. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, underwater at this point. And I feel terrible when I hear that. Like, and I've had so many students that have come to me with suicidal thoughts or they're depressed or sad. And uh, quite often just a shift in philosophy, they say to me like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And then they're able to change how they think. And I had a yoga teacher, he passed away. He was 122 years old when he passed away. His name was Swami Bawaji. One of the oldest living humans on the planet. When I knew him, you know, he was like 114. I I trained with him up until about 122. And he'd often say to me this one quote, you're going to love this. He'd always say, while you're making these stories and scenarios in your head up, you know, about how bad this person's treating you. And you're thinking about this movie in your head. He goes, that person's out tap dancing, having the time of their life. They're not giving you any thought. They might've said something mean. They might've done something mean, but then they move on. You're the one that lingers and holds on to that thought. So he always said to me, don't let people rent space in your head. Don't let them be there. And um, to me, that was a great lesson because, you know, as a school owner, you know, I've had people, students leave or people that were mean and, you know, do things that they shouldn't have. And the more I lingered on it, the more I held on to it, the more sick I became or upset I became, the quicker I was able to learn to let go the better I was for it, the healthier I was because of it. Oh, goodness gracious. Folks, are you getting this? Holy smokes. We've got quite a list of, uh, of people watching right now, live stream. So, oh, yeah. If you're on, please engage, interact, uh, ask questions to Shihan. He'll be more yeah. than happy to answer would, them. I'd love to. And, and just listen in. Of course, as a reminder, those watching the live stream, you're getting, you're getting this live, baby. So you yeah. can engage and interact. Those uh, listening to the podcast when it airs, great subscribe to the podcast but man every thursday one o'clock eastern time we do this live stream and the reason i picked thursday and we air on monday thursday in some search i did seemed to be the biggest day that uh, most people watch live stream so yeah. <laughs> those, those doing live streams uh, uh maybe you record at 2 p.m eastern standard time so they can right. catch both but right. uh, no my gosh we've all probably heard the phrase don't let people rent space in your head but the, 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 the way you kind of set that up about we focus on what somebody did to us, said to us, and we allow that to keep burning over and over and over and over right. in our mind again. But that person, I like it, is out tap dancing or living their own life, not even yeah. concerned or even care about what they said. That doesn't mean they're a yeah. bad person. It just means they got on with their life. But yet we're holding on to that. And right. folks that listen all the time, you know, we talk about the, the Zig Ziglar philosophy and uh, my absolute favorite Ziegler quote, which, by the way, is my buddy Tom Ziegler's favorite quote. It was kind of nice when we figured that out together. Is, yeah. You are what you are and where you are by what's gone into your mind. You yeah. can change what you are and where you are by changing yeah. what goes into your mind. So right. your mind is a is a, the most fertile garden on the planet. If you want strawberries, an example I give all the time, you got to plant strawberry seeds. If right. you plant onion seeds, you're getting onions, baby. And if you plant right. nothing, society's going to plant weeds. Right. And I had 40-something years of weeds being planted. And it took a lot of effort to dig those babies out. That's why yeah. I told you now, dig out the weeds and then allow the seeds that we're planting and uh, many other uh, uh, shows and, and positive mindset influence we're planting, let those seeds take root, continue to water them to grow into a tree, which is where you create your legacy. 
Yeah. And by the way, that's another issue for the younger generation. I feel so terribly for them because when I was growing up, I, I mean, if you and I look back at our childhood, I don't remember being bombarded with negative news. Like I, I turned my television on and when I click the remote, it goes to my new local news channel before I could quickly change it to the other channel. Right. And within 20 seconds, I've heard four bad things already, like depressing things, you know, war and this and COVID that. And, and, you know, like, how could we not, especially like I've never, I, I was amazed to hear kids at, you know, seven, eight years old talking about things that I, in my lifetime at that time could care less about. Like I didn't care about who was a politician like Trump or Biden and who, what wars, as long as my world was good, I was happy outside playing with my friends, you know, as I got older, meeting girls, playing my guitars, you know, that stuff, playing in a band, doing martial arts, like none of this craziness that goes on in, in a kid's life today. I mean, they should not even be concerned with that, you know, it's, and it's kind of disgusting to see that we're constantly filled with negativity. I mean, if you think about it, just being open to anything, whether it be your favorite TV show or whatever, you're going to hear negative stuff and you need to really work on the mind, build your mind strength up to be able to filter that out and, you know, make sure that you don't listen and believe in what they're trying to tell you. It's just an unbelievable, crazy media uh, campaign to depress and make people sad and, and, and frustrated. Uh, you're spot on there. And we've got another friend jumped on here. Mr. Charles Doms Jr. said, wow, what a powerful show already. Great points made uh, in such a short time. I'll tell him thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I don't have to have you tell him. I can tell him thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. Uh, Mr. Dom here, he, he, uh, um, uh, post stuff on the uh, Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life group all the time. I'm so very grateful and blessed, sir, for your sharing your positive mindset messages. So please continue to do so. And he actually gave him a big shout out. His daughter uh, typed up an essay that uh, she presented, and I believe she's in eighth grade. And I've got the essay printed out. So, sir, I've got it on the list to actually read the essay live on one of the upcoming live streams just to give a a special praise and thanks for you and raising a wonderful daughter. That's uh, amazing. Courage to, yeah, yeah. They have the courage to do it. And uh, so I want to get back to the, uh, uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> Holy smokes with the notes here. Oh, with the the, the, uh, the news channel. I call the news, uh, yeah. this is just me, I call it the devil's workshop. Because yeah. what the devil's workshop tries to do is inundate you with negativity, with fear and self-doubt to, right. as you see on the top of the screen there, empowering others with hope and self-confidence. Mm-hmm. That is our purpose here. Because yeah. once a, a person loses well, the self-confidence is, I call it a fragile thing, right? Right. Because uh, it, it comes and goes. But hope, once hope is gone and you feel there is no hope left, that's when that's when the suicide happens. That's when the right. horrible thoughts start creeping in and that starts sounding like a good idea. Yeah. It's not a good idea. You know, there, it, studies have shown that billions, that's with a B, billions of people go to bed every single night lacking hope, lacking self-confidence, lacking faith and belief in themselves that tomorrow will be a better day. Wow, yeah. I mean, how disgusting and horrible is that? But what can we expect when that negative uh, influence from the, 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 the mainstream media posts that yuck in your it, It's putting weeds in your mental garden. And yeah. what do you thrive on? If it bleeds, it leads. And what does fear do? Fear creates panic. Panic creates, i got to watch again because the world's coming to an end. Right. And the more you watch, the more uptight you get. And then, of course, cortisol is released into your body. And what is cortisol? It's your fight or flight. But when, mm-hmm. and, and cortisol gives you the added strength you need Way back in this, the, the prehistoric days, if, if you're walking along and you look behind a thing and you think there's a saber-toothed tiger, cortisol rushes through your veins because you may have yeah. to fight it or run for your life. Well, mm-hmm. nowadays, 
the cortisol is the same. And what it does is it shuts down your digestive system. It shuts down your immune system. It shuts down your growth system because you need that extra strength to fight off the saber-toothed tiger. Right. Well, in the prehistoric days, you could at least walk it out or run it out. And that's right. how you flush the cortisol out. Now mm -hmm. it's gone. You shake and it's over. Nowadays, yeah. we're still constantly inundated with negativity that the cortisol never gets flushed out. So yeah. no wonder we have digestive problems, immune problems, uh, growth mm -hmm. problems. And then, of course, what commercials and people, you hear me talk about this a lot because I'm so, it, it's angry, but I want to get the word out. So you turn off the negative news. But what commercials air during all news episodes? Digestive system problems, immune system problems, right. growth problems, uh, go see a psychiatrist problem. Mm -hmm. And if you need help, get the help. But the problem right. is, it's what we're putting in here, and our mind just keeps craving it more and more and more. Yeah. It's an addiction. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> it's true. I, I, I always say, you know, that, and by the way, this is even a martial art philosophy, so that, you know, what we what we focus on will become reality for us, right? And and you just basically said that, you know, over over that entire statement is that we what we see, what we hear, what we eat, what we what we eat mentally and, and spiritually um is gonna become who we are. That becomes our outcome, right? Um it's just like if you are a martial artist and you train lazily, you're gonna be a lazy martial artist, right? You're gonna, you know, if you don't put it and I try and it's it's such a shame these days too with young kids that you know they don't have that motivation that I had when I was young or even in the early 90s where you'd tell a kid to do it this way instead of them ignoring you and doing it the same way they were doing it they would really care what you said to get it done and I think that slowly dwindled because sometimes people don't really have reverence for the teachers that they, they don't believe that they're the experts but mindset is everything though if you think about it I, I wrote a book called the five gateways to happiness. And uh, it's a small little tiny book. And in it, I, I say to people, we should have a list and there's an I hate list and an I love list, right? Um, and, and it's simple. It's a simple exercise for our listeners. I'll share it with you guys. So if you have things in your life that are disturbing, most people just suck it up and deal with it daily, right? They don't make any effort to make changes, right? So but quite often they don't understand what's so disturbing about that I hate list, right? And then you have an I love list. So if you just sat at your computer and you could type fast or if you wanted to write fast and you would just start with the number one and just write down everything that you hate about your life. And when I say hate, hate's a strong word, but like, you know, th some things you'll have no control. Like I hate paying taxes, right? I hate when the government takes my money and sends it off to another country and wastes it, right? Like I, you know, I hate when I have to watch commercials that are like, you know, that are not age appropriate when I'm sitting with my 22 year old daughter during a, a regular show and they're showing these commercials on, you know, all these different things I won't even get into, right? Like, so I write my, I hate list and I will throw up on my computer until I can't write anymore. I might have a hundred, you know, on my list. And I did this myself. And, um, and then I would go to my I love list and I'd write all the things that I love. And by the way, that's difficult. You'll probably have a third of the I loves that you do the I, I hates, which is kind of weird, but it's hard to dig out those things because they're so used to focusing on the bad stuff, right? And anyway, um, what you do now is not just purge on the paper and put it out there, but now you have to work on simple things like eliminating the things that you hate. Because what's the sense of living a life with 100 I hates in the left-hand column and 20 I loves in the right? So it's quite often easy to eliminate or limit or 
fix the things that are bothering you. I'll give you one simple, crazy, silly thing. And so years and years ago on all my YouTube videos, there would be people that are like YouTube warriors, like, oh, you suck. You're a terrible martial artist. You move like, you know, this, you don't really know ninjutsu. You don't know how to do anything. Like, and I would somehow want to take those people and fix them. So I would say, you know, either, yeah, I wish you could come to my school and we'll work it out on the mat or, but then I would try to like logically speak to them. And of course, you know, it's an endless, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to fix anything. So I'd, I'd stay up late at night thinking about these comments because they bothered me. And you know, what I did was I realized that, well, how can I get rid of this? Uh, You know what? I'm going to shut off the comments on all my videos. And no longer could anyone write anything negative. They could thumb up or thumb down me. And sometimes thumb downs don't mean that they don't like it. They just might not have liked the content or might not have liked the presentation. But it didn't have hurtful words that I was accepting into my life. So I eliminated that. If you go to any of my YouTube videos, you notice I do not allow comments, right? And I literally had such a removal of annoyance and pain that bothered me, things that were keeping me up at night, that frustrated me. Even though I knew that those words meant nothing, they still bothered me as a person. So that was one of the major, I'm going to get rid of that. That was an I hate on my I hate list. I hate when people comment negative stuff on my videos or say bad things about my school. So I eliminated those things from happening by simply just pushing the button and eliminating the comment section. Um, I could have been bigger and said, I'm just gonna ignore it, let them comment away, but I always would find myself reading them and and they would bother me. Even though I was bigger than that, I, I still would internally take it in. So if you could go through your life and look at the I hate list and then start changing it, right? And saying, okay, how can I eliminate? How could I get rid of? How could I replace it? You know, and it could be minor stuff. Like if you're a martial arts school owner, like I hate cleaning the bathroom and, you know, replacing the toilet paper. Well, see if someone would mind doing that for you. Maybe hire an employee or get a cleaning company. It's little things like that. And then the I love list, you know, I love cooking. I love listening to music. Wow, I'm going to put both of them together. I'm going to put my music on while I'm cooking, right? And now I'm starting to learn to enhance the I loves and really pay attention and recognize. I love when I spend time with my family but I can't do it because I hate it. I'm always at work. Well, how can I change that by spending time more with my family? Well, I got to adjust my work schedule and then focus on the I love things, right? And and all of a sudden my list started to become more top heavy on the I loves and less top heavy on the I hates. And then my life shifted tremendously. Like my happiness shifted tremendously. You know, that that everyday occurrence of being in the rat race started to shift because I was focused on the positive. You know, the law of abundance versus the law of scarcity, the mindset of scarcity. Like I can't get it. I can't do it. I will never have it. You know, and that's that's the shame about our society today. We're all uh, afraid that we can't when in reality, if you want to, you can. You know, you just have to learn how to. So there they wow. boom. What, what, what do you think there, folks? Holy smokes. Fantastic. It, 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 so much to unpack there. Goodness gracious. But I, 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 I want to get back to the, the, the book, Five Gateways to Happiness. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And where, where can they find it? I'll show it to you. I have, I have it right here. I got it on my shelf. I'll pull it down. And, and see, there's another benefit. Those watching the live stream, you're actually going to see what the book looks like. Yeah, just if you want to go. I have it on Amazon, but if they want, they could get it from my website. But it's simple. Like I said, it's only... 50 or so pages. It's not mad. You could, you could read it in one sitting if you really put your mind to it. And it's got some real basic stuff, but 
you know, simple stuff on how to increase, you know, look at the I love list and the I hate list. Imagine how impactful that could be to your life. That's in the book. And a lot of times people don't think of it that way. So I just put it on paper so they could use it as some sort of drill or exercise. Uh, and then the way you just explained it, sir, is so fantastic that the list and those listening all the time, you know, I'm a very, very, very avid about taking notes, writing things down, getting it out of here and on the paper. Because right. uh, here we may have five thoughts, but when they continue to circle and circle and circle, it seems yeah. like they're, they're 500 thoughts. And you right. get them down on paper and it's like, oh, that's all? Yeah, get them yeah. out, get them down, and then look exactly. at them. And what uh, we've created is a, uh, and it's not out just yet, folks, I'm going to tease you a little bit, is a Weed, Seeds, and Trees journal that we're working on right now. I've got a little one-page document. And similar to what you said, sir, the weeds are you write down all the things that uh, limiting beliefs, uh, um, self-doubt, anything that's yeah. holding you back, anything that's a weed in your mental garden, get it out of here on paper. Then you go through and you mark it out. That is yeah. essentially plucking that weed out of the garden. And then the next column, you plant a seed, a positive Correct. affirmation, a positive thought, yeah. or I love you list. Something that now is a seed planted in the ground that you see you're going to affirm it, and then that's going to grow into a tree. And trees are our previous successes where we've had success before because right. we've got to see where we can go. Because oftentimes, and, and when I was kind of putting this together, I had weeds and seeds for a number of years, but something was missing. And what was missing was kind of the legacy, and that's the tree. You know, the right. tree, you're a, a, a tree that you'll never enjoy, but somebody else in the future. Sort of like what we talked about, sir. Yeah. You want to stand on your own two feet to right. leave a legacy just like the masters before you or just like your 122-year-old yoga instructor. Holy yeah. smokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was amazing. So uh, we can get your book, uh, Five Gateways to Happiness, on, on Amazon. Folks, yep. I encourage you, if you like what you heard there, my gosh, uh, or go to your website. And, what, and what's your website, sir? It, it could, it's on any one of them. You could go right to my website for my school, liNinja.com, L-I-N-I-N-J-A.com. But I'm, I'm really honestly not doing this to sell books. But if people want to get it from Amazon, oh it's cheap. Like at, at one point, I was giving them away as if long as people paid for the shipping and the handling. So free. I just wanted to help. And, and it's interesting. This book was actually taken by a martial art instructor to Ghana and where women were kind of, there was no real hope for them when it came to physical abuse or mental abuse. They didn't have much psychiatric uh, uh, availability for women. So this lady took my book, she's a martial artist and took it and used it as a, a way of teaching and I, I gave her a whole bunch of them and she brought them with her to Ghana and taught that taught there with my book as a textbook as part of the lesson plan, which was kind of amazing to me. Like I couldn't even believe that that had happened. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, there, there's just another reason to, to, to pick up the book and, and listeners, I, I encourage you because uh, you've heard the story many times up until 2012. I didn't know I could read because I simply chose not to read. Right. I was surrounding uh, myself with I don't say the wrong group of people, but it wasn't the people that were, I, I always, it's a chapter in my book called Engines and Acres. Uh, the engines are driving and pushing you forward to reach levels of success and happiness and live in your legacy that uh, you may have never, ever thought or believed in yourself. Mm. And the anchors are ones holding you back. It's anchor. Right. They're holding you back here saying, hey, uh, why are you trying to leave the group? Why are you trying? And it's sort of like the crabs in the bucket story, right? right. Crabs work together. They can help each right. other get out of the bucket. But instead, right. they pull each other back down. So mm -hmm. surround yourself with the engines. Put in, listen to this podcast, listen to this live stream, buy in Shihan's book, buy in other books that I recommend on the air there to help. Yeah. And uh, now I've gotten blessed. I'm looking at my library here. Uh, and we've got, since we moved to Florida here, I got three full bookcases, uh, probably right. closing on 400 books. And my Audible account, 482 books, 1,200 hours of listening. And as Zig Ziglar says, Automobile University. 
anytime yeah. you're in the car and I try and listen to 15 to 30 minutes of audible a day or yeah. positive podcasts or positive mm-hmm. influences because I want to plant those right seeds. Yeah. Now, just because I'm planting all that, the weeds and I've had 47 years of, uh, of, of weeds in there, you're right. still going to have to dig them up. And as Zig says, uh, a lot of people say, well, that motivation stuff doesn't last. Well, neither is bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. <laughs> right. Yeah. Another fun exercise. And I often wanted to make this into something that people could buy just so they had an aid. But like, think about having three mugs on the table and in the one mug is filled with white marbles and the other mug is filled with black marbles and the other mug is empty. And if we train our mind, this is a very Buddhist style philosophy, but if we train our mind to like we train a muscle, we'll eventually become stronger at the things we want. So let's say, you know, I'm at my work cubicle and my boss walks over and he says, Hey, I I got this report for you. And he throws it on my desk and walks away. And I'm like, ah, what a jerk that guy is. I'm going to take a black marble out and put it in the empty bucket because it's a negative thought. And then uh, every good thought, you know, hey, Susan comes over and says, hey, how's, how's your day? Uh, day's awesome. How about you? You look great today. I take a white marble out. And then when, at the end of the day, when I total up my marbles, I want to see how many are black and how many are white. And then once we start to realize that maybe we have more black than we do white, more negative than we do positive, we start to recorrect thought as we go. So my boss drops the next report off and he's like, uh, you know, hey, get this done. And rather than me, you know, I might catch myself. Oh, what a jerk. Like he's overloading me. Doesn't he think about. And then I say, oh, wait, wait, wait. He's he's got a job to do as well. He's a good guy. Um, he's not being mean about it. It's just part of the function of the job. And then I've switched my thoughts. So I'm allowed to take a white marble and pop it in the jar. So when we start do re- doing recorrective thought, we're able to really fix things on a, on a regular basis so that we train our mind to think with positivity. And when we purge the negative, like the news and the media and then stuff, now we're like, wow, I can't believe it. And, you know, I've had people that said they hated me because I'm too positive. You know, like I think, with all roses rather than, you know, black blackness. Right. So um, I'm okay with that. I'd rather them not like, like me for being positive than not like me for being negative. Right. So, so it's about training the mind. Absolutely. The mindset, we keep getting back to that uh, simple fact. Uh, And of course, uh, sometimes you get the naysayers too. It's like, well, yeah, it's easy for you guys to sit there and say that stuff. But you know, the real world's not as easy as that. It's easier said than done. So my counter to that, is, uh, yeah, you tell me one thing in life that isn't easier said than done. Right. There's nothing, right? If nothing. you want something, you got to work for it. And right. as Jim Rome says, uh, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Well, correct your mind. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out. And uh, the, the, the three mugs example, that's fantastic. I, I've heard it uh, it's different ways, and it made me think of, and I wrote it down here, uh, the book Magic of Thinking, Magic of Thinking Big. Uh, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. It talks about you tune into one or two frequencies on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. VA, uh, my boss comes up and he's just doing his job, but we're, we're, we're in the negative mindset. So it's like mm-hmm. that son of a gun, all he ever thinks about is pushing me and this, and he doesn't even right. care that I've got a wife and kids. Right. Or frequency B is, you know what? He's trying to uh, uh, move things along. He's got a job to do and so do I. But yeah. we, if we're in the wrong frame of mind, regardless what is said, we're going to take it the wrong way. And then, and then somebody's nice to us, we're going to say, yeah, what are they being nice for? What are they up to here? That's yeah. a, and I thought that way for a number of years. And mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned before about the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset. And uh, that, you know, John Maxwell talks about that a lot. And the in folks are listening, think about it this way. You think about if Sheehan is successful and maybe I'm not. And I have a scarcity mindset. I'm thinking, 
Well, there's one pie. He has three out of the four pieces. That only leaves me and everybody else to fight over one piece. That's a scarcity mindset. Right. The reality is with an abundance mindset, he's got his pie. I've got my pie. you got your pie. Eat all the pie you want and, and bake another pie because right. you're in your own, uh, um, you're, you are creating your life to be your very, very best. And a touch on that is the rat race. We often hear it. And yeah. John Maxwell always says, look, if, uh, if you're caught up in the rat race of life, even yeah. if you win, what do you really win? You're the biggest rat. So right. get out of the rat race. Right. You don't want to win that race. <laughs> yeah, and, and one thought, I love what you said, and one thought that's quite often overlooked, and by the way, it's probably the most underutilized thing in, in the human race, is to ask, right? So you have four slices, and now you have four slices to go around between five people. You could always say, hey, would you mind if I took an extra slice for him? And most people are very generous. I mean, it's very rare that you get someone who's so selfish and, you know, if they're darkened and they're terrible people, maybe yes, but the most majority of people, 99.9% .9 of the people will do kind things for others. Sometimes though it's not in their nature, they're not thinking about it. They won't go out of their way to do it, but just asking sometimes is able to get people to do things. I know that martial artists are so generous like you call any martial artist and you ask them advice you would think that they won't share with you maybe because they don't want to share their trade secrets and my um my wife would often ask me like oh my god you share with everyone you tell them how to run their school you help them do things they they're literally like a town away they're your competition i go no they're not my competition they're my friends and we're going to expand the martial art community by helping people together and quite often now now if someone goes to them that could be in my school um they'll say hey go to shian alley he's a good guy you know or they'll have nice things to say about me. So um, just asking is sometimes all you need to do to not feel excluded. You'll, you'll find that help is waiting for you. Just, just reach out, especially for people who are suicidal, sad, depressed, you know, anger, uh, angry. Uh, you know, if they just reach out in their circle, I guarantee you there's a thousand people that will help them. You know what I mean? That, so that's important for us to remember that. Uh, once again, powerful, powerful advice. And, uh, you know, the old uh, adage, the high tide raises all boats. Yeah. I, I was under the mindset. I was with the organization for almost well, right at 26 years, and I learned a lot from the organization. It was fantastic. Yeah. But we had a very uh, limited or scarcity mindset that you mm -hmm. couldn't share the knowledge because someone was hiding in the weeds and was going to use right. it against you. Right. Now, I get that back in the old days, the ancestral days, was if I train my enemy, then they're going to use what I train them on against me. Well, right. we're beyond that now. Let's work together and make society yeah. a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. And you're exactly right. I mean, I was always afraid to ask for help simply because my thought was, well, one, why in the world would they want to help me? Because if I get better at this thing, then that's going right. to hurt their business. That's a scarcity mindset. It's the most yeah. the craziest thing in the world. And one of the most fulfilling things that happens to me when somebody has the courage to reach out and says, hey, would you mind sharing how you did that? How you And we right. recently uh, moved to Florida. We've got our yep. academy, one of the, the we're, we're blessed, one of the larger academies in the Midwest, uh, but we grew that up. We still have our core values, seven, eight years to make a black belt, to believe in right. self-defense, life skills, character development, leadership. But we've got a, we're in a situation now, we put the systems, structures, processes, everything in place. We've got a guy that's 26 years old who's running the academy. We're still owning it. He's managing it, but we've been able to move on. And I'm telling you folks, the biggest reason was a shift in mindset, Yeah, asking the questions. And then of course, as Zig says, you know, you keep going back to Zig, but so powerful. Uh, how do you get everything you want in life? By simply helping enough other people get what they want. Continuously right. give, 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 but give, not expect anything in return. 
give because someone had once given to you when you needed it. So now you're in a position to give, give back. And of yeah. course, we're talking about knowledge, wisdom, mindset, growth, anything that can help someone else and not give your, you're keeping score, not give because you're going to uh, say, Hey, you owe me or not give because it's like, all right, well, uh, you know what? I, I got to be careful because no, 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 no. Get all that yuck out. That's garbage. That's limiting right. beliefs. That's like a hope. Give for the right reasons. And, and uh, I wrote this down as well. So it's, this is so fun. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and folks, if you're just turning in, uh, tuning in, Gian Alley, uh, amazing. And if you're just now tuning in, we got a, a, a number of people watching live stream. Remember, you can watch the live stream one o'clock Eastern time on uh, Thursdays. And then, of course, this will air the following Monday on our podcast app. And this is episode number 307, the Grogan's Bullyproof Podcast. But check out our guest, ask the questions, and go back and listen to this from the beginning. Yeah. But I wrote down uh, from the Magic of Thinking Big, uh, the, the radio station, unfortunately, that a lot of people are tuned into is WIIFM, WIFM, What's In It For Me. Yeah. So we got to turn off that radio station and turn on the radio station. What can I do for others? Because it's going to come back in un unlikely ways. It's yeah. just how it is. And I always like to give the example of, you know, we let somebody out in traffic. And what are we always looking for? Just a sign of respect, just a wave. Hey, thank you. Right. But what happens when we don't get that wave? We mm -hmm. don't get that wave. We automatically, gosh darn it, that son of a gun. Well, I'm not letting anybody else out again. Right. Why do we do that? Did yeah. we let them out because we needed the wave? Or do we let them out because it's the right thing to do? Now, I'm, I'm guilty of it because I've done yeah. it. That's why I'm being transparent. But I always try and catch myself, especially when I talk about it more, of like, you know what? I don't know what battles that person's fighting. I don't know what they're going through. Who knows? I mean, maybe they're struggling. Maybe they have anxiety, depression. Maybe they've lost hope. You never, you I never know. I never know. But I let them out because it's the right thing to do. Don't let yeah. them out because you want the wave. Now, so I say that. I'm probably going to have an encounter later today. Somebody won't wave. And I'm like, hey, what did I just talk about? So I yeah. say these things because I need to hear them as well. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, my 85-year-old mom who lives down in Pompano, um, she's so terrible with that stuff. So she's like, you know, she'll hold the door and they don't say thank you. Like, all right, she'll say to them, well, what am I, the door door person? You know, and then I'm like, oh, here we go. Now they're going to yell at my mom and I'm going to have to get into an altercation, right? And But um. But you know what? One thing I've learned too from my yoga teacher, he said that the biggest problem that a person face is expectation. So when we expect that person to say thank you, because that's what we would do. Um, but we don't know, like, you know, like, for example, like in certain cultures, when people sneeze, you say, God bless you. In other cultures, they don't say a thing because it's not part of their culture. So you and your culture might think that that's rude. If you went to Japan and person sneezed, they're not going to say, God bless you. It's not part of the culture. Right. So then but you might have an expectation for them to say that thinking that they're rude when in all reality, it has nothing to do with anything that just went on. So, again, that movie in your head and that expectation in your head is what creates an issue in the response. Right. That we go back to, you know, responses and the actions for a response. Right. So but if you have these expectations. Like, for example, you have your own moral compass and you believe that the rules are X, right? But maybe for that person, the rules are not X. They, they don't, they've never been taught. They don't understand. They never lived that life. Maybe 
And it's not that they're rude, disrespectful, or bad people. It's just you have two certain sets of expectations or how you were brought up or how you are culturally. You know, so that's where sometimes I say to myself, like, I don't expect anymore. I try not to. I, I do at times, but I try not to expect with what I believe to be the right way. Like my mom will say stuff like that to me, but they should do this and they should do that. And one time I wrote an article for John Graydon from uh, NAPMA when he owned NAPMA. And um, he was having me write the article and I'd write it and I'd send it back to him and he'd make comments and he had me change it. And uh, I said a lot of, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. And he said, Ali, if you keep shooting, you're going to shoot all over yourself, right? <laughs> I've, I've never forgot that, you know, and it was a great lesson for me because, you know, just because I say it doesn't mean that it has to be done that way. But when I expect things from others, I'm bound to get disappointed if it's based on my my own moral compass or my integrity or rule book. So you have to think about that when you get upset, you know, like someone doesn't wave. Well, maybe they didn't see you or maybe they weren't paying attention. Like you said before, who knows what rush they're in, where they're going, if they're in a bad mood, if they're underwater with depression, you know, we can't get angry with them, right? Because we don't know what's happening in their head right now. Yeah, fantastic. And, and, and just the, the should have, uh, I did a video on that uh, some time ago. It's probably time to do another one. Yeah. And it was, uh, I got to stop should have and all over myself and I right. got to get off someday aisle and right. uh, should have and all over myself as I should have done this. I should have done that. And someday I'll get to that. Right. So it should have right. been all over yourself and get off someday aisle and yes. just do it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Amazing. That's craziness. So um, I hope I'm covering a lot of stuff that's good for you. I want to make sure that the listeners, oh I know God. these podcasts go so quickly, you know, so I'm always well, you're always welcome to ask me if you want me to do more. I'm, I'm available if you need me. Oh, that would be fantastic. Like that. Yeah, I hope that people are getting something out of it. Yeah. It, and, it, I always, and it's always, uh, um, some podcasts, we get a bunch of questions. Others, it, 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 we, we don't, of course, once again, we don't know, but it's out there and that's the whole, the whole thing. And yeah. I, literally on a weekly basis, somebody asks, how do you do that podcast thing? How do you do that live stream thing? Right. Well, it, it's the, the app I use once again is Melon. There's many other apps out there, but we all have one of these things, unfortunately, that we use too much of as our right. cell phone. But just put that thing up there. And how I got the chance to do a podcast was I had a hundred and something uh, uh, Facebook videos out, or just, I guess, videos that I posted on Facebook and YouTube. Right. And someone happened to see it. And they said, hey, man, you ever thought about doing a podcast? And this was right. in 2016, 17. And I've been doing videos since 13. Uh, and, and I said, well, sure, I guess I don't even know what the heck a podcast was. And I didn't truly right. know what a podcast was at that time. Right. And the next thing I know I'm doing a podcast, this is episode number 307. And we've got 700 something videos out on our YouTube channels, Grogan's martial arts, Grogan's bullyproof. Right. So, you know, like I said, subscribe and check those babies out. But yeah. one turns into two turns into three. And then of course the consistency of continuing to do it. But I like, uh, um, gosh, darn so many different things. I got just a whole page of notes here. Um, <laughs> The, back to the five gateways to happiness, your book, make sure your folks should check that out. And if, if in what area are you in again, sir, in case people will want to come and check out your academy? Oh, I'm in Long Island, New York, in, in some county. Yeah, my, the town of my school is East East Islip. Okay. Yeah. So yeah you can come down. You could, you could find me on the web at www.liniinja.com. Liniinja.com. I'm a Long Island ninja, right? So Long Island yeah. ninja. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you, you'd mentioned, and, and I get this comment a lot, what about keyboard warriors? Um, and that's kind yeah. of what we call them in the martial arts industry is keyboard warriors. They hide behind a keyboard. And I got a funny story about that with, um, uh, I love what you said. I wrote this down as a note to myself. Shut off the comments because 
what happens? We get a hundred likes and we're like feeling good. Yeah. And we get one negative and yeah. we allow that negative outweigh the hundred likes. That's because we're putting too much value into the comments. Right. And, and we got to do what we believe is right. And, you know, some people like it, some people won't. Yeah. I, I kind of wrote here uh, the, the movie, uh, was it Wreck-It Ralph 2, when he, uh, uh, whatever it was, with uh, he had to get so many likes in order to get enough points to earn a steering wheel or something. Right. Uh, but he gets all the like comments and he's feeling good. Then he goes behind the scenes and sees all the negative comments and it deflates him. Yeah. Well, if you put so much focus into the comments, folks, that's what's going to happen. And I'm yeah. telling you from experience, I, I, I get wrapped up in the same thing, but I love to shut off the comments. And the little story, uh, real good friend, Master Chip Townsend, kind of uh, helped knock uh, with a right hook of reality with me during right. a Facebook battle. I had posted something. I felt really, really good about it. And some guy jumps on there and says, oh, yeah, man, that stuff's terrible. I can't believe you train anybody. You're the worst technician I've ever seen. You're a disgrace. You're a hypocrite. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've heard it. We've all heard it before. So I try and humbly a reply back. Thank you for sharing your not or sharing your insight. Please right. film a video so we can all learn to, to learn from your knowledge. And of yeah. course, he comes back saying, "My stuff's too deadly. I can't post yeah. it." And this and that. Right. And I said, "Well, we would really, uh, uh, we would all really benefit." Now I should have let it go, but yeah. it ties in. Well, Master Chip Townsend sees it going on, sends me a Facebook message, and says, "Hey, Rich." Just a reminder, this is who you're arguing with. And it was a, a gentleman that was obesely overweight. It, it was a, a cartoon depiction. Yeah. Uh, with a black belt barely tied around his waist, his gut right. hanging out, and he's eating Cheetos on a screen. Right. He goes, just a reminder, this is who you're arguing with. Yeah. Quit wasting your time. And I'm like, right. oh, my gosh. But as fighters, we get locked in. And that's what the keyboard yeah. warriors want. They're, it's like mission. Yeah. They're going to yeah. hook us. And once we're in there, we can't back out because, right. man, I'm a fighter. i got to keep fighting. Well, right. the discussion you had about shut off the comments, don't get engaged in the battle to begin with because you right. can't win. And yeah. as being competitors of wanting to win everything, wanting to be the best at everything yeah. we do, pick something else to be the best at, not yeah. getting in keyboard warrior battles. <laughs> right. And by the way, uh, you know, as a martial artist, you know, we, our job is servitude, right? You know, like I teach my students to it's service before self. That's a very difficult lesson for people nowadays, right? Everything is, well, I pay tuition, you give me. Like it's a commodity-based purchase, right? You know, I was brought up with like my, you know, I paid tuition, but I did anything and everything I could to help my teachers, love my teachers, care for my teachers. I had, and I talk about this, and I once had an argument with a parent about reverence for my teacher. And uh, the student, the parent, and the kid is no longer with my school i had to get rid of them um but uh you know the person that the, the father was the problem and he was like well reverence you want everyone to revere you like like look at your attitude and your ego i said listen i don't want anyone to do anything with me i want them to learn reverence for themselves right because if you think about a martial art lesson if you don't or any lesson like i i take guitar lessons as well and um i have a very world famous guitar player that teaches me lessons he's like a legend and he plays in like multiple bands and so on um but i'm like a little bit awed by him you know like i almost have i'm nervous like if i'm any and he's a hard nose he's like the old karate kid guy where he'd be like you know you suck today what's wrong with you and it's a little deflating at times for me but at the same time though um you know he's hardcore but anyway i have a lot of respect for him because he's unbelievable about what he does right and martial artists like a guy like yourself with you know tons of experience and as a teacher people should be in awe of you i'm not telling that for for your ego um and not so that they do so many things for you but it will enhance their lesson 
because if you love something that you love so much and you believe in the person teaching you, that lesson is more impactful, right? It's like when, as we talk to our kids, when they're young, they don't understand, ah, mom and dad, you know, you're always on my back. You know, then when we get older and they get older and they need advice and they come to us, they start saying, well, thank you for sharing. You know, now they respect our knowledge more because they're, they're in that mindset. So reverence for an instructor is not for the instructor. It's, it it is because you should show respect, but it's more for you, you know, respecting those people that you love that. And now your lesson is going to be, because now if I ask you a question, you tell me, I'm going to want to do it. So that's another thing that's kind of missing in our society with, you know, with respects to mastery or like, you know, master tradesmen or master carpenters, master musicians, master martial artists. You know, you go to those experts, right? You trust in them. I love that reverence. Oh, my gosh. That's so in, in the um, oh, significance or, or yeah, uh, the uh, uh, the world. Oh, there were, I wrote my notes. <laughs> I got to put the glasses on to see my own notes. Uh, yeah. um, not not every, and I say this a lot, folks. And listen, not everybody is is a proper fit for your right. school if you're a martial right. arts instructor, a business owner. Yeah. You've got to surround yourself. And I learned this lesson uh, in in it's like there's always missing pieces of yeah. why you aren't able to take the next step. And right. my missing piece was I tried to be everything to everyone, and in the process of doing that, ended up being nothing to no one because I had no core values to fall back on. No social core values. Yeah. Our core values are honor, integrity, discipline, respect. So yeah. every decision we make are, are wrapped around those core values. And not everybody's going to fit into that. And yeah. we, we make the students, it's one of our things, they have to earn the uniform. They get a yeah. t-shirt, Me to too. be a part of the academy for the first couple of weeks. Love and it. if they've earned it by not only at what they do in the academy, but what yeah. they do at home, because we get the parents like a progress report, yes. then they can earn the uniform yeah. because we set the mindset and the precedent. They got to earn it every single step of the way. I'm not Love a believer it. in giving free trophies, free uniforms, free belts. I'm a believer right. in making them earn it based on their abilities and their talents of attitude and effort. And occasionally we'll have a father, and it's usually the dads, that will um, come in and uh, the kid will be there one day and suddenly the, the kid's wearing a uniform. Yeah. And we've had this happen a number of times. And I was to observe, we didn't explain our process or our procedures or our core values very well. I apologize for that. That was our mistake. But we want the kids to earn the uniform. Right. Therefore, and I said, that's not one of our uniforms anyway. We like for everybody to be part of the group. We give them a t-shirt so they can fit in. Yeah. They're not out. Um, and he goes, well, I bought it. They're going to wear it. Now, in the past, 10, 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, all right, I got to pay the bill. So I guess I'll let you do it this one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this one time opens the Pandora's box. It never is one time. So a recent incident, this was uh, probably five or six years ago now. I just said, sir, you know what? After class, I'm going to walk you up to the desk. I'm going to go ahead and give you a refund because we are not the right place for you. And he goes, Absolutely. Out? I said, I'm not kicking you out, sir. I said, but if we can't come to terms in the first two weeks about our process, this isn't going to work, and I want you to be happy, so I want you to find a place that's right for you. I, I tell you that, not to say I'm such a great guy. I'm just telling you that because I didn't used to do that. Right. By doing that, word gets around town. Oh, you know yeah. what? Uh, they're going to make you earn it at Grogan's. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's all you need to say. I don't need to compare myself to anybody else. People teach the way they want to teach and do what Absolutely. they want to do. We focus on us. I love that. That's great. And I'm the same way in my school. You have to, you start off in what we have is a starter uniform, sweatpants and a t-shirt and you earn your gi and then you earn your white belt. So it, people feel a sense of accomplishment even from the very first stages. But you know, it's funny, like if, if we owned an ice cream shop and we only had chocolate and vanilla and people came in and said, I wanted strawberry, if enough of them did it, we might give it to them. Or if our, 
our core integrity is only those two flavors of the best in the world for those two flavors of ice cream. We're not going to be upset when certain people come in asking for a different flavor because they know that we're, you know, if it said it on your sign, the best vanilla and chocolate ice cream, you know, how could you get upset? And how could people come in and ask for something else, right? It's not part of your brand or part of your culture in your school. I think we do fall into trying to please and explain to people that are not willing to listen. That's the biggest problem. And this dad probably should have been like, oh, I understand, sir. I want my kid to learn the values of your school. I want them to go through the steps. Like, you know, how dare they? This is the way it's going to be. It's my, I bought it. He's going to wear it. I would say what school he's going to, not in my school, he's not, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, Sometimes the parents say, you know, they're the ones that tell them, I want you to be hard on my kid. I want you to do this, that. And as right. soon as they don't pass a stripe test, then they go through the roof. And, uh, right. <laughs> well, this is what right. you want. And this is what we're trying to do here. But yeah. a lot of that is creating kind of the reputation of who you are, setting your credibility in, in the town, community, wherever you're at, of this is what we believe in. This is, and we are not right for everybody. Right. And being able to own that is, is probably the toughest thing. And I know from experience, it was hard. Uh, yes. But when you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one, especially mm-hmm. yourself. So establish Absolutely. those four values. Well, totally. sir, I don't want to rush, but I want to honor your time. I know you said you have an appointment you have to get to. Yes, um, thank you. So uh, we, oh, goodness gracious, this just means we need to have you on here again. So I would love it. Uh, oh, gosh darn, so many notes I haven't even touched on. I, I love this portion of an interview because like for me and you, you and I are martial artists first and foremost. We run businesses and, and we make a living, but we do that from the vessel of being a martial artist and what we love. Uh, fortunately for us, the magic sauce is in what we love and that's how we can make a living, right? You know, so um, there's no disconnect. Like, you know, I'm not uh, selling widgets because I make a living and then going home hating my life, you know, so I'm happy that I could share these philosophies because this is what my 54 years of martial arts training has become, you know, I want to share and pass on this legacy. And even if it's through podcasts and, you know, whatever, because sometimes my students are not listening as intently as podcast people are listening, you know, or other school owners. So um, I do love these things and I appreciate the opportunity you've given me to be on your show. Awesome, sir. Well, and uh, and thank you earlier. You had I'd love to be on your show. Yes. And uh, connect with uh, Master Dwayne there. I haven't talked yes. to him in uh, quite some time. I'll and definitely get that going. Awesome, sir. And we'll, we'll definitely have you on again here. Listeners, uh, a lot of thumbs up. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Chihan uh, uh, Ali, look him up. Check him out, especially if you're in the New York area. But then check out his book, uh, Five Gateways to Happiness. Amazing content. He shared briefly about the, uh, uh, the hate list and the love list. I mean, that alone is a gold nugget takeaway. And I always encourage you, those who listen to the live stream, listen again on Monday when the, the podcast airs, because I promise, especially play it in the car. You know, we were all, we never cuss on the podcast. We never yeah, talk yeah. anything. It's direct, straightforward. So listen with your kids, because we're yeah. planting seeds in their mind early and often as well. And uh, oh, I've got another friend. Yeah. Awesome show. Great ideas to work on myself with the love hate list. I always reminded myself, you don't know what others are going to going through. Uh, thank you all. Uh, God bless. Great advice. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank sir. You. Appreciate it. All right, folks. Well, tune in uh, next week. We've got uh, a, a golf pro on. Mike Shuri owns uh, Oakbrook Golf Course for my hometown of Edwardsville, Illinois. He'll be on here next week. And I always encourage you to check out previous podcasts and live streams because every week try, I go out of my way to do what I can to get the best guests to honor your time and, and, and produce the best content, the best value. And a quick book update. The book is uh, Becoming Bullyproof. It's a book of my life. Uh, it's me as a 
12-year-old meeting me 40 years later as Master Grogan. We go on a journey together where the older me is teaching the younger me everything I wish I would have known about life, about standing up for myself, about standing out in the crowd, standing up the bullying to live my best kick in life. It is now, we have a launch date. It's April 26th, and it's going to be exclusively on Amazon for those couple of days. And our, our goal is to get as many copies out there in as many hands as we can to really help uh, make an impact and those that are struggling with bullying. It's written for middle school and up. I encourage uh, and even nine-year-olds, it'll be good for because it's a great message. But parents, I encourage you to get it, read the book. It's a fun story. It's a fun read. Uh, our podcast, once again, on our YouTube channel and our podcast, uh, all podcast apps, Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. Check that out. Please list here if you were tuning in late. List any comments, feedback you have for the show. And uh, we certainly appreciate your time. Jihan Ali, God bless you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you so very much. God Have bless a great day. you as well, sir. Thank you very, very much. Our Take listeners, care. I love you. God loves you. Jihan Ali loves you. Please share that love with the world. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. You'll become bullyproof. Yeah. And you'll live your best kick in life. Can't wait to read your comments and can't wait to chat with you again real soon. God bless everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to another Life Change, an episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life. This is your Bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, reminding you to please subscribe and please share this podcast with your kids, family members, or anyone else who could benefit from this empowering message. And if you think we earned it, I kindly ask that you please remember that five-star review to let others know that you're part of the Grogan's Bullyproof and Kicking Life tribe. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll become your very best to become bullyproof, and you'll live your best kick in life. This podcast was a presentation of LightUpMedia.fm.